What's happening all my dysfunctional family members out there listening? Welcome to another episode of View from the Hill. I want to wish a very happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially my own dad who's joining me today. Mark Hackworth arrived in Athens about three decades ago. He graduated from Ohio University with a master's degree in fine arts. A printmaker, painter, photographer, and occasional guitar player, my dad expresses his art over a number of different mediums. He's also shared his knowledge as a professor at Denison University, Ohio University, and Hawking College. We sat down and talked about his printmaking, his work as a professor teaching art, and of course his connection and love for the Athens music and art scene. Happy Father's Day! His view from the hill.
sidewalk was a snake with slippery scales Glass and concrete jumped to scrape the sky The lamppost turned all dark and leaned to cry He bought himself a bed made out of nail Midnight Lost in the shovel This fight Punch a hole in the bubble Gas house A whole lot of trouble Blue louse A shovel in a scuffle What's happening? You're listening to View From The Hill, www.viewfromthehill.com. Happy Father's Day. I'm here with my dad, the lead singer, the amazing lead singer on that song you just heard from LG Krebs. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Good to have you here. You get to, I mean, you kind of, this Father's Day is kind of a big one. You get to have Father's Day on Game 7 of the NBA Finals where the, the Cavs are going to take one home, right? Well, I expect them to. I would say so. Just like every Cleveland fan expects them to. Well, I would say they're going to. You see that little little crybaby tantrum that Stephen Curry was uh, throwing at the end of that game? <laughs> they're going to feed on that. Cleveland's going to feed on that. They're just going to drill him in. It's awesome to have you here, man. Happy Father's Day. Well, thanks. Good to be here. That uh, song we just listened to, Blue Light, uh, off that that project you guys did uh, about, what, 30 years ago now? Yeah, I guess it's been about 30 years. Um, that was sort of a project just born out of a bunch of friends um, who we used to play music together. And uh, we hooked up with uh, an, a bunch of other musicians from Illinois, basically, um, and we got an idea to do that uh, musical project, which was based upon a fictional characters in the band, and it was based upon a B detective novel. I think it's called Paola Woman. Paola Woman. And um, <laughs> we created characters and uh, started writing music in that genre, I guess, if you would call that a genre. Well, what genre would you call that? Uh, some people have called that... Postmodern porch music. Postmodern porch music. Uh, so, but I some like people that. would say it's sort of like uh, jazzy detective music. Jazzy detective music. I like that too. Like, yeah, you could you could listen to that, put that in the soundtrack of uh, while you're reading a, a cheesy B novel detective story. <laughs> I could see it being uh, music for a movie. Absolutely. Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Come Tar- listen to this Algie Krebs stuff. Might use it for his next thing. Tarantino probably would love that shit. <laughs> what I want to know is how did it get selected that you would be the lead singer? Because you're basically singing on all the songs. 
Your voice was deemed to be the prettiest? I think they just felt pity for me and uh, we were all buddies and trying to figure out what to do together and I was probably the least musical instrument of the bunch so I got to be the lead man uh, for the group and uh, sing the songs and play a little bit of musical instruments here and there but mostly do the songs listening to that I was kind of saying earlier too like listening through it there are some points in it where you say do any of them know how to play musical instruments? Well, they they did, but <laughs> one of the one of the purposeful things was to come off as if almost that you didn't know how to play, <laughs> um, and to kind of make it work. Well, they delivered that well. They sold that. <laughs> there are parts of it where that gets sold. <laughs> Did you guys like uh, was that was that group created? You said you that was just a bunch of friends who created that. Was that before you came to Athens? Uh, well, we we were together before we came to Athens, and we were in different forms. Uh, they were called uh, Atmobo Band uh, when we all went to school in Bowling Green, and then we moved down to Athens. Um, Greg Anderson was a he could play guitar at local bars and, and stuff like that. And he came down from Bowling Green to Athens as well. And another friend of ours ended up going to grad school in Illinois and uh, uh, hooking up with another band, which was called uh, Proof of Utah. And that oh, yeah, group that. and that connection with that group, uh, the Algae Krebs Quartet was kind of born through uh, that relationship with those folks and they had a really nice recording studio and back then putting together a recording studio took a little bit of cash yeah it was uh, not an easy feat so it was a real treat to have a recording studio to work in so we were all different types of artists i was visual artist, and steve was a visual artist steve ward and uh, greg anderson was a poet and a fiction writer and but we all uh, enjoyed playing music together. We came up with that project. You can definitely hear it, Greg. Uh, Greg Anderson, the, the poet and fiction writer, is he the one writing writing the lyrics? Yeah, Greg wrote all the lyrics for the for the uh, album CD, and uh, uh, he did that really spontaneously. And so when we were in the recording studio, we would come up with some uh, rhythms and musical arrangements. Once we hit the arrangements, um, we would send Greg off into another room by himself uh, to uh, write the piece, and then he would go away for a while and come back, and we would put the words to the music, and that's kind of how we worked the whole thing. <laughs> so this is like uh, early to mid-80s, because I have memories of being in that studio, too. Uh, you were pretty, uh pretty little guy back then. Heck, it must have been about... Right, eighty six. I we had our we first recording sessions we put together was called Algae Krebs, just called Algae Krebs, and um, we had that together. And in nineteen eighty six, we actually played the Union. Nice, and um, that was a fun night. Uh, your mother <laughs> broke her foot; she danced so much that night. Um, <laughs> And it was in a classic union kind of uh, 
show. It was packed and, and really rocking. It was great, great fun and a good memory. And mom broke her foot dancing so hard. And she broke her foot dancing hard. Um, <laughs> so it was a fun night. It was a good, good time. And so, okay, so that that was, um, you know, you you were playing music with this band then, and you said '86 at the Union. But let's let's take a step back. So when when did you come to Athens? I, I, around it was was it '81 when you came here? Yeah, I came to Athens in 1981. Uh, me and Denny uh, came here in '81 uh, uh, to go to grad school, basically, and uh, and that's what we did. She was in creative writing, and I was in uh, fine art, visual art, and uh, hit Athens in 81, uh, started going to school. My first job was working at a bar here in town called Bojangles, which had a lot of open stage music and some uh, non-open stage music uh, on the weekends. I met a lot of musicians there um, that are still in Athens that I'm still good friends with as well that'll probably be in the show uh, someday, but I met Bruce Dalzell there, and yeah, I'd love guy, to have him on. Guy by the name of John Loomis, I met there. Mm-hmm. I met Jack Wright, I think, at Bojangles, really. Um, um, JD Hutchinson, maybe at Bojangles, but uh, Chuck and Bill Van Riper as well. Uh, they were really good guitar players back in those days. Uh, well, all people you just mentioned, I, I would absolutely love to have on the show. Yeah, absolutely talented people for sure. Um, you came here. You were you were getting your master's of fine arts. You said visual arts. What was kind of your focus? What was your, um, you know, were you, were you a painter at the time? Did you consider yourself a painter? Uh, you know, a, a photographer, a printmaker. What were you doing? Well, I came here to school uh, to 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 get a master's degree in printmaking, and that's that's what I ended up doing. Um, and uh, then we finished that, and uh, Denny finished her degree, and we were sort of hanging here, thinking about where we were going to go, and we were thinking about going to Boston area, and suddenly um, we just decided to stay here, and and we liked it so much, and we were going to stake our claim here in Athens County, and we we don't have any regrets whatsoever. It's been great. Oh, I don't either. Um, at, I, I seem to remember, uh, you know, as a, as a kid growing up too, with all with all your art supplies all around, uh, when you were doing printmaking, that you were doing something like, you know, I was I was a kid and I did something where I would like etched into something, and I, I like kind of scraped into something scratched into something yeah yeah and and you would make prints that what what is that process well, that was just a dry point uh a dry point process that has to, having to do with sort of the realm of etching dry point is just scratching on a metal plate etching is sort of etching into the plate with a chemical acid or something like that to create marks but it's all very similar and uh it's a process that you work off these plates and ink up and print on wet paper through a press and uh, and all that. So I see. Um, well, as a as a printmaker, um, you know I've seen the work you've done, but I don't really um, know you know know your process really. I'd I'd have to say. I mean, so you know what is what is your process that you go through? At, you know, 
um, making a print. I don't really know anything about it. Well, there's a lot of different techniques in printmaking, and that would be like that, which is etching, uh, what they call intaglio, uh, screen printing, lithography, uh, woodcuts. Those are all forms of printmaking processes. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's what I got my degree in. Uh, I also, you know, got minors in drawing and painting and all that stuff. But uh, that's what I got my degree in at the time. And I still do all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, you know, I'm not tied to any one particular thing now. I do photography and painting and still printmaking and, and collage and, and whatever I may do. One of the things about um, music and the, and the visual arts is that um, music is sort of the early form of what I would call collaboration. And musicians have that... Um, luxury and joy to be able to collaborate with one another to come up with a with a song or a product um, and the visual arts has taken them longer to get to that collaborative point uh, and back then there wasn't much visual collaboration going on even though printmaking was sort of that way and maybe that's why I liked it but nowadays you know artists get together and create artwork um, in a collaborative way too, just like musicians make music. And I think that relationship with the music uh, helped me get involved in a collaborative, more collaborative art. Is that what you kind fashion. of prefer to do? Do you like doing collaborative work um, as opposed to, you know, your own pieces well, or? Well, I like it all. Uh, I like <laughs> the privacy of, of making my own thing. And I, you know, I think just getting into the arts in general, well, the reason I ended up being so attracted to it was that I realized that that was probably where freedom existed for me, uh, was in, in making art. I could do basically anything I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that felt really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of can relate to that. I mean, that's why I got into hip hop and that's uh, the, the music genre that I really got into because it felt like I could say whatever the fuck I wanted to. Right. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of freedom. And I realized that that's the exhilaration of, of was making artwork. And then discovering that you could do that with other people as well was even, well, not more exhilarating, but a, just a different kind of exhilaration. And, and it was very gratifying to do that. So, um, you know, I felt like uh, that's that's really some of the main reasons why I even got involved in this kind of stuff. Excellent. Excellent. I understand in uh, 1986 you received an Ohio Arts Council grant and uh, that kind of um, got things going for you, too, because uh, that was when you got that big ass heavy press that you have. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was fortunate enough to uh, uh, put a, put together a body of artwork right after I was out of graduate school and I applied for the OAC grant and was fortunate enough to get that grant and then was fortunate enough to be able to get an etching press and have my own etching press and not have to worry about trying to figure out how I was going to go about doing that and uh, not having to be connected with a school anymore in the facilities of a school you have to figure out ways to get things done mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> I was lucky to get that and I still have that press which is which is great how does one go about receiving an Ohio Arts Council grant? 
Well, um, what'd you what'd you do to get that? I don't. What's that mean? Well, one of the great things about um, Ohio is that they have a really thriving arts council, and they have always had a very good thriving arts council, and um, they offer up awards for individual artists in all kinds of areas. Uh, of art making, not only visual, but music and, and poetry and film and all these areas. And um, what you do is, as an artist, you work on uh, your work. And when you think your work is ready to uh, put out there for a grant, uh, then you apply for a grant and see mm -hmm. what happens. Um, so you sort of organize your work. Uh, and uh, their applications are readily available through the Ohio Arts Council, and uh, you just put it together and uh, hope for the best. And that time, <laughs> it got, I got lucky. <laughs> it's amazing, you know that that that's probably a piece of you know equipment that you have. That that's a, a tool you have yeah. that um, meant so much to you, and and it would, you know brings so much happiness to you. And how much disdain I have for it and hate I have for that printing press because I've had to help carry that fucking thing. <laughs> Every house we've lived in, it's heavy as shit. <laughs> well, you, that's true. You're it's over here looking at it like, you know, this is this this was a great thing and I'm over here looking at it like, oh, can we just get rid of this? Does anybody <laughs> want this thing? Well, <laughs> that's true and, and, and it is uh, heavy and... You know, once upon a time, I actually even would put that press in the back of my truck and uh, drive it down to Tennessee with my good friend Steve Ward down there, and we would collaborate and do printmaking. And really, over the years, it's the thought of actually moving it now is just, just too much, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and I think it's probably at its final resting place, hopefully. <laughs> well, I hope so, too. I'm not really looking forward to getting that call saying, hey... We need to move this. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, around that time, too, not not too soon, uh, not too soon after all this, uh, we were moving, we were headed to England. Uh, I talked to mom about that. And, you know, that was 1986. You won that award. We moved to England, what, in 89? No, I think we were in was England 90? in 91, but... 90 and 91 something like that yeah so in between that time you know what what were you doing because as a kid i didn't know what my dad really <laughs> what he did well moving to athens you know athens is a wonderful place to live and when you're a young person and you decided to stay here you have to be very resourceful in figuring out how to live here uh -huh. um and Absolutely. so my resource at the time was uh, construction. You know, I really kind of, after I got out of school, Denny started teaching at Hawking College, and I kind of got into the construction business for a while and was, you know, doing basic construction jobs. and Sort of like your own freelance work? Yeah, kind of working for myself. And then I, I uh, got an opportunity to buy a really a not a very good shape house, but it was cheap down on the west side on First Street? On First Street. 22 First Street. Yeah, 22 First Street. And that was my first house I owned, and we completely rehabbed that house. Right. In between, kind of about the time of in between what you were saying, 86 to 90, you know, in between right. that area. So um, when we did our 
trip to England. Uh, that was an exchange, so there was people here coming here to live from England, and they lived in that house. Right, and it had already been completed, the part that you had, the addition that you built, right? Yeah, the rehab of the house was basically right. done at the time. So explain that, right, to anyone looking at it. So we're looking at 22 First Street, you know, natives of Athens. We're looking at 22 First Street, and when you bought the house, uh, it was small, right? It was yeah, it was some somewhat small, and then I built a two-story addition on the back. There was no so it it goes down on the right side and comes to a comes to a door and a big addition onto mm-hmm. it. Before that, there was nothing there, right? Right. It was just the the small front part of the house. Right. That was it. I remember that was a project. Mm-hmm. That was. You know, I consider it, I'd say, I, I explained it like, that's the first house we built. That's right. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. That's the first house we built. Uh, you were pretty excited at the time because you were really tired of renting houses because you felt like we were always saying, you can't do that because we're renting this house. It's not ours. And so finally when... So I wanted to own a house so we could, so I could fuck it up. Well, you were, yeah, kind of like that. So, you know, when we bought that house and we, the first time we took you there, you went to the backyard and you took a piss. And he was like, this is my house now. I own it. I marked my territory. <laughs> and then we did. We So... We ended up going to England um, then, and we we lived in England for a year, and Mm -hmm. mom was teaching um, at Kendall College. Correct. In Kendall. Um, Were you teaching too, or were you just along for the ride? What was going on (laughs) with you during that year? Well, when we went over, uh, there was a chance, but the people told us there was a chance that I would get stamped, uh, my visa would get stamped to work, but... There wasn't no guarantee for that. But when we went through customs, my visa did get, I did get stamped to work. And I was, uh, we arrived in Kendall and mom worked at Kendall College and I worked at Kendall College as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was able to pick up, uh, at least I think it was about a 50% teaching load while we were there. And I taught um, some drawing classes and what they call theirs a level classes which is kind of like freshman college uh work and uh were you doing all like art classes or were you like mom because i remember mom was saying that she was teaching being told to teach classes that were way out of her yeah her she realm was, she was having to teach all kinds of stuff but but i got to just teach art classes but i you know i taught some things that i would have never imagined teaching which was uh, I taught water. I taught a watercolor class, kind of like a continuing education watercolor class, to a bunch of. At the time, I was about thirty-two, uh, to a bunch of older folks who really knew how to do watercolor. But I did. <laughs> I really didn't know how to do watercolor. But I, I taught them. It was great fun. They were really a lot of fun. Really nice people. But uh, you know, it was, it's kind of like you know, it, it was almost like teach you know for your mom to teach Shakespeare in England. She had to do that. Right. You know, it was like that. Right. You know, teaching watercolor in England to a bunch of people already knew how to paint watercolors. You know, it, was, it was kind of daunting, but a lot of fun. <laughs> that cracked me up. I mean, I always you know, I I can see myself just that story you know i could see myself uh 
getting a little bit of a Shakespeare education from my mom and being like, this, this is good. But it really does crack me up to know that she went over to England and was, and was teaching people in England about Shakespeare and Amer- an American. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that is definitely funny. Um, if you, you know, I know mom has, she just recently was, would you go back if you, if you, if you, you know, would that be a place you would choose to go back to? Absolutely. I would like I would like to do that something like that again. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I know mom mom and mom and Ella just went, we should go do a do a boys hang out there and well, we'll, we'll go hang out there and have opposite vacation. Yeah, that might be a good idea actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll go to Ireland. They said they were never up at night, so they never went out at night, right? I don't understand that. I'm not, I don't know. I don't understand that. We'll never be up in the day. No. We'll, we'll only go out at night. <laughs> yeah, and move over to Iron. Well, awesome. We're going to take a break right now. Um, we're going to listen to some more music. The show centers around music, so we're going to listen to some more of that LG Krebs. Uh, music that we were listening to, we got some other songs. This Guy Was Me. I'm going to want to talk about that a little bit, maybe, and The Lopside of Tomorrow. And uh, I don't know. Tell us what you think about this. Go listen to it. www.viewfromthehill.com. You're listening live. It's the Father's Day special. I'm here with my dad. I listen to some more of this music. What'd you call it? What well, what was the what was the genre of this? Postmodern porch music. Postmodern porch music. The LG Krebs Quartet. Right here on View from the Hill. Mr. Bob and 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 Mr.
Welcome back. You're listening to View from the Hill, www.viewfromthehill.com. Happy Father's Day. I'm with my dad here. Those were two other songs we just listened to from the LG Krebs Quartet, Parrots on Fire. That first one I want to talk about a little bit. This guy was me. You're a little mumbled. I'm a little mumbled in that. Uh, We were... uh a little misguided in our techniques back then, I think. But what we ended up doing is we were going for a certain sound. So I put uh, Bic lighters in my mouth. Well, hold on. Let's pause. (laughs) What's the certain sound you're going for? 
Um, why were you supposed to be sounding mumbled? I think I was supposed to be sounding a little bit maybe injured, maybe a little a, beat up, a little helpless, uh, and uh, and that's what we went for. Um, so you it, did what you put big lighters in my mouth, stuffed them in my mouth, and then <laughs> sang while I <laughs> with those in my mouth. Uh, it, it seemed like a fun idea at the time. To tell you the truth, I, I wish we wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I wish we had just done it straight. <laughs> well, it, you do kind of sound beat up. Well, it it does come off that way. So once again, I think I think what you were trying to do came across, and somebody's just shredding guitar. <laughs> Who is that? Just going off on that guitar? Oh, that's that's Steve Ward. Uh... And his phase shifter, I think he and, thought himself a little bit of a badass there. Yeah, he was. He was. He suddenly his, his he lost consciousness for a second, <laughs> and uh, and just wailed that solo out. That's right, and uh, and uh, he was very proud of himself. <laughs> and <laughs> well, as he should be. <laughs> Another thing that that pops out to me, uh, listen to those songs. I think it's on the lopsided tomorrow. Uh, who's doing the drumming? Uh, the drummer. This is where we sort of really get it in, get it in more collaborative with a band called Proof of Utah. And uh, for those of you out there, um, they should maybe do a search on them and listen to their music. They did quite a number of albums back in the day, and uh, uh, they were a really good band. And that drummer, uh, his name was Louis Simon, and he was an excellent drummer, and uh, he could really really keep it together for us yeah i mean he he's nailing it and in, in that lopsided tomorrow song you know there some of those fills he's hitting are just nailing it and yeah you know it's the one that makes me go okay so some okay somebody does know how to play music <laughs> and that guitar and that guitar solo i'm like okay so there's some actual me there are some musicians in that band all right i see it um so you know where we left off. Uh, we, we we were in England. You know, you were you were teaching watercolor to people that already knew watercolor. You were having fun. <laughs> we were having fun in England. We came back, and you you've done some other teaching too. Um, I know that you you know not only have you taught at Kendall College, you've taught at the uh, the Heron School of Art and Design. Uh, just a visiting artist gig there in Indianapolis, and uh, uh, ta taught at did some teaching at OU as well. Uh, some uh, and uh, taught a couple years at uh, Denison uh, in uh, Granville. And uh, then finally uh, got a gig at Hawking College uh, in the art design and marketing mm -hmm. uh, program there and started that program about 14 or 15 years ago. And uh, it's been a, a challenge and a lot of fun as well. And I really enjoy teaching. And one of the things I, I do like about teaching is the same thing as I said about uh, musicians in general is that teaching is just essentially a collaborative um, effort and with your students uh, and that you're you're making things together uh, and uh, coming up with something that that surprises you mm -hmm. and that that is the process anyway and to teach people the process of uh, of the art making process, uh, not knowing where you're going, uh, using all the skills that you have to get there, um, those kinds of things, and that's why that's why I like teaching a lot. 
is it the uh you know do do you have any of the the cliche answers of of you you also learn from your students well they teach you also <laughs> do you well, do you have any of that i have that uh, happens uh, all the time, you know, students surprise you all the time. But you know, when you get into the art process, uh, and and it becomes it grabs hold and and it becomes a successful process. Process that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I surprise myself all the time still, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's the nature of the process, which is why I and we love it so much. I think one of my favorite stories that you've ever told me was a, was of you teaching a drawing class and and having um, a bunch of you know all your students you know do a I think it was a a, a, a self a self portrait and spent the whole class drawing the self portrait and then with like thirty minutes left you told them to erase it all and do and do it again yeah well, that was actually a, a really complicated still life i had set up and it was a value lesson but the lesson was going to be that you know you don't have to be worried about making mistakes uh and so they took painstaking time to do a really good drawing and then i had them erase them and then draw them <laughs> again bring it back so so they could they built i i hoped that it would build confidence for some it really upset them <laughs> for others they were okay but uh it was a fun fun project you still ever do that any at any time you ever drop that one on 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 classes every now and again oh, at all? not as much anymore i mean i you know i've had people do that and they just when i had them erase it they would just start sweating and 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 just shaking and and you know you can imagine if you're a kind of a perfectionist type that that doesn't like to uh, erase or 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 do things over again then it would be hard on you a little anxiety created <laughs> yeah there was a lot of anxiety and I decided well, maybe that was too much anxiety so we wouldn't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> you said you spent some time teaching at Denison yeah um, that's in uh, the Granville yeah, that's at Granville. Granville. Mm-hmm. How'd you like that area? Oh, it's nice. It's a nice town. It's a nice school. Uh, and uh, I had a really good time there, um, mostly teaching printmaking and drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did some teaching in photography as well. And I think that's kind of where I got started in photography as a more serious endeavor for me uh, was that. And, you know, the lesson learned in that, in that, gig that I got in teaching photography was, uh, you know, it was about a week before classes started and, and their photography instructor there decided to quit teaching there and go somewhere else. And they didn't have anybody. And I had taught printmaking there the year before. And, uh, and they called me and asked me if I would teach, uh, photography. And this was traditional darkroom techniques and those kinds of things. It wasn't digital at the time. And, uh, and I had never done that before, right? but I said, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> and, uh, and this is a good lesson when opportunity comes, sometimes you just got to figure out how to make the best of it. And so I said, sure, I, I can teach that. And, and then I immediately went to a friend of mine's house that weekend and she gave me some tutorials 
on uh, darkroom work. <laughs> so, and, you, so you said, sure, I, I can teach this class. And then you went to somebody else and said, okay, teach me how to do this. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> so that was, that was uh, Patty Mitchell did that for me. <laughs> so she gave me a quick, a quick weekend workshop on uh, darkroom photography, and I went and taught at Denison for the year. <laughs> Patty, Patty's awesome. I, I, she had me over and, and she helped me learn how to do some uh, work in the darkroom too. I think I was, it was in the days of like a photography class for me in high school. Uh, it was, you know, even for me in high school, it was still, we hadn't gotten to digital photography yet. So it was all darkroom work. And right. uh, the act of, of putting the film in the spindle in the dark that scared the crap out of me i was like i'm gonna fail this class because i can't do that patty had me come over and she taught me how to do that in her dark room so i could i could get over that a little bit she's yeah. great i'd love to have her on the show too she'd she'd be another great there's guest another to talk name. About. there's endless resources that's the wonderful thing about athens there's endless resources of people here doing some really good work and uh You'll never run out of of interesting people to talk to. Here. Amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, so something you were also telling me too. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna jump around because it 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 reminded me of this that you know you said well I'm not really a musician but you know you've you've had a pretty big impact on the Athens music scene. You realize right? Well, I I am glad you brought that up because one of the things being i guess being at father's day and all that this is kind of an appropriate subject but you know i'm i'm just a, in general supportive of the art endeavor and you know as time goes by people choose what they want want to do or would like to do and of course you decided that you were interested in in music you took my punchline away you took my punchline i was gonna say you've had a huge impact on the athens music scene because you know you had me <laughs> well that's true that's big that's true well uh that's the, the saga of that story goes something like um i think you were 14 15 years old yeah and had probably gotten in some kind of trouble yeah most I likely no i'm not gonna say you did but maybe probably and uh i decided that you would take guitar lessons yeah. yep and you would learn to 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 play guitar it was punishment <laughs> it was a new form of punishment and so uh you know i got you a guitar and i lined you up with frank mcdermott which yep. is another person that you could man i'd love to have to. him as a guest too Absolutely. that'd be great and uh you started going to blue eagle and uh, learning to play guitar now the great part of that was you got to meet frank mcdermott right that was the great part of that right yep that's that's the big part yeah and you suddenly now uh through that and time got connected and that's how place like athens works yeah, slowly but surely. It takes community. But it is Father's Day, so I want to say, you know, not only that, though, but you've always supported me. I mean, uh, we, I was making music on my little computer, making silly rap songs that I can only imagine you were laughing at back in the day. Uh, these just hilarious. I thought I was some little gangster rapper when I was like 15. 16 17 and then eventually i wanted to become real with it and uh you know you got me my first my first real computer the first mac computer 
uh, my first, uh, you know, audio imports, my set, my soundboard, uh, birthday presents, Christmas presents, you sported all that. And you helped me make my bedroom into a recording studio. Correct. You helped me build that recording studio that we, we turned a pigeon coop into a recording studio. We, we did that. Everything I've used, I've abandoned, but no matter what, the next thing, you've been right there to help me build the next thing. And happy Father's Day. I love you for that, man. Uh, Thanks a lot. Thanks. (laughs) I'm embarrassed now. No, no, I had had to do it. I had to do it. (laughs) It's been a great ride. It has. It's been a good ride. So I don't want to hear that, you know, you're not really, you know musician into music you haven't really done that much and you have you've had a big impact on the athens music scene because you raised me (laughs) something else i wanted to talk about was uh, a project you did with mom she kind of um slightly talked about it a little bit but i wanted to bring it up with you again um this revenants a story of many lives right and it was a you know you've been talking about collaboration sort of through throughout the whole uh episode so far throughout this whole show and that was another big collaborative work right yeah that was really a big deal uh and it probably my first really kind of meaningful collaborative work and once again that came through patty mitchell and and the the story of that project was patty was working as an artist in residence uh at a high school with a high school teacher out around sydney ohio somewhere uh called a little place called Houston I think and uh, uh, she was working with a high school art teacher named Jean Reinbolt and they were trying to create some sort of uh, history book through local photographs of people uh, mostly seniors um, and the photographs sort of existed from around the 1910s uh, give or take a few years on either side of that Mm -hmm. um photos real old photos and um i i feel like maybe patty gotten stuck in that project and they weren't sure quite how to how to go about completing it and and she she called me and said hey do you want to do you want to get involved in this project and i said yeah this would be great so we went out i went out there and um talked to uh gene uh, the art teacher out there and started looking at all the images and, and, and we came up with some conclusions on how to complete that project. And it turned into a book of images, collaged images, uh, that we did with, uh, and then we brought in, uh, Denny and, uh, Denny Nafziger and Jane Anduval to do some writing, uh, poetry and prose and uh, it all came together as a, a big collaborative book mm-hmm. and um, uh, it became pretty successful and, and we uh, showed and exhibited that work all over the country and, uh, and it was great and it was the first really major um, collaboration that I had done with another artist and the other thing I really liked about it is it actually took about two years to complete so it was a long-term project, and it really gave me a good idea about the significance and um, and and just the process that it patience that it takes to do a project like that that takes so long, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, and and we were all really proud of that project for sure. 
Yeah, it's really, really nice. I've uh, got a couple of copies hanging around the house here and, and definitely uh, people pick it up. I mean, it's sort of, I, I don't want to uh, take away from what it is, but it's a, it's a really nice coffee table book. Well, it, it, it is a different kind of coffee table book, but yeah, it is a really <laughs> nice coffee table book. And one of the interesting parts of that project in general, you know, we got out there and I finally kind of decided what I thought it was going to become. And I, I told the, the teacher, I said, look, you know, this is not going to really be a history book. This is going to be uh, an art book that that speaks to the past and and time and and place, but it's going to become a, an art book. And so we started taking these photographs and and cutting them up. And then we didn't really cut up the original photographs, but we would make copies and collage we, we them and them, stuff. Cut them up and collage images together and and all this stuff. Now it was a little tricky because you would had, you know, say uh, Gladys Smith, who was somebody that lived in the area, donated her photos, and suddenly we're cutting, you know heads off of the top of heads and putting other things in and you know, just cutting up these images and so when they saw them we didn't quite know how they would react to how we uh, <laughs> use changed, their donations change the stuff right you know so but ultimately I think everybody sort of understood our uh, intentions how'd that work out did it work out well or did you have to um get like signature release forms for a lot of those from uh, from people who were used in those images or, or what's that well the nice part of that those, that was all released through the high school art teacher so she took care of all that business and, mm -hmm. and we were just left with the art doing the artwork which is the part that i right. like to do anyway so i didn't have to deal with any didn't, of those details right on that's that's usually the best way to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, was this before and kind of what led to or was it after, um, you know, your kind of work that you did? Because I know that you did some residency work with Passionworks also. And you were saying Patty Mitchell um, got you involved in that Revenance project. Right. Um, so is that kind of how you, how you started working with Patty Mitchell with the Passionworks thing or was that? What's the timeline well, there? Well, that came before Passionworks and probably not long after that, Patty... <clears throat> was doing artists and residencies and like I said she was doing this this particular residency but what she ended up doing here locally in Athens was uh, starting she did a, an initial residency at ATCO uh, and basically parlayed that residency into creating uh, the uh, Passionworks studio mm -hmm. um, and then I came in like I was probably one of the first uh, visiting our residents to come into Passionworks uh, to uh, to do collaborative work with clients there, and that was really a lot of fun and, and uh, really a learning experience and uh, one of the best art experiences I've ever had. Uh, one of the one of the great parts of that. Um, residency was that the uh, Passionworks logo was born through one of those printmaking projects I did with a, a person by the name of Johnny Marquis mm. who we, we became really good friends and we worked together quite a bit made a lot of prints 
but that particular guy, the logo for for Passionworks came through that, which was great. The little kind of like stick figure, yeah, logo, little kind of almost reggae looking guy, or right? Whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's a great image. Yeah, really like that. Worked really well for Passionworks, and was really happy that to. to it, it's nice to see that image still to this day, and mm-hmm. and remember that workshop. How long were you working and doing that with uh, with Passionworks together collaboratively? Uh, I would go in and my residencies would normally last about two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I probably over uh, the time period, I don't know how many how many years, but I probably had did about three or four residencies with them over, I don't know how many years span of time, probably six years or so. And, um, and off and on would do those. So what would you say is like the biggest kind of kind of lesson you learned? Uh, or what you gained yourself well, from doing that? You know, I had never done anything like that in a in a in a workshop like that before. And uh, I came into that workshop, and I'll, I can I'll tell you my initial story. My first person I worked with there was named Harry Grimm, and Harry Grimm is really infamous at this point uh, in the connection of making art at Passion Works and. Uh, Harry was in a wheelchair and and a, you know he couldn't couldn't talk great and he had these pop bottle glasses that were the thickest glasses I'd ever seen and I thought how am I going to make art with this person and we started and 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 Harry somehow said to me uh, don't worry don't be nervous about this it's going to be all right <laughs> so harry was calming me down in the in the process of making this stuff and and i you know i come to find out that harry knew a lot of things and he and he knew what he wanted uh to make and and he he knew how to communicate how he wanted and what he wanted to make and uh he made me feel really comfortable and so my expectations were just changed completely and uh and and it just it really changed my whole notion about making art in some cases because um what i learned is that there was nobody there worried about making mistakes right and it was just experiential uh and 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 joyful in in the process of of making work with with people at Passionworks, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, uh, the 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 Passionworks Passionworks is just a you know an uh, it's just a really great thing here yeah. in Athens. I absolutely love it. I think it's I think it's uh, you know a staple of, of Athens community now. Absolutely, and you know now it seems commonplace, but you know it was a very uh, a very forefront, a very very uh, ahead of its time kind of idea to put that together with a sheltered workshop that Patty had, and uh, a really f- a phenomenal thing that she did, and um, one of the basis f- philosophies for that for that project and Passionworks uh, uh, initially was uh, to heighten visibility of the workshops through. Um, the highest quality of work that would come out. And so that doesn't mean like you'd go in and do work and then everything you did was okay. You did edit and you did come up with conclusions about uh, what was successful and not successful mm-hmm. and and really heighten uh, everyone's abilities and, and their potential. 
And I think that's really key to the uh, to the Passionworks Studios birth, and uh, and hopefully still is. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for that. Thanks a lot for sharing that story. We like hearing about that. You're listening to View From The Hill, www.viewfromthehill.com. We're going to take another little break here to listen to some more music. We're going to go back to the Allergy Crab stuff, listen to this uh, this mystery music, this detective novel music that you did, uh, Parrots on Fire. Uh, we're going to take a break and listen to two more songs, Chinese Restaurant and Dead Dogs Lie, and then we'll be back with my dad for this Father's Day episode on View From The Hill. Curvy folks a cookie ordered egg foo young She told me of the opera and everywhere she sung My head was in an uproar as I forced her chowing down She was the bit of bad luck that brought me to this town best friend and she told me of the time she had a beam of noodles but it didn't seem to rhyme I loved her like a sister and incest was our game I put those cardboard pillows that brought her cash and fame
from the hill www.viewfromthehill.com it's the father's day episode i'm here with my dad and it was just brought up too during the break too i i don't even know if i've mentioned his name so i got to at least once mark hackworth my father there we go mark thanks for being here today it's been great thank you <laughs> i'm saying that's what we'll get so you know, the newspaper just said, you know, that my mom was the guest and, you know, didn't mention that she was a writer or anything, just that she was my mom. <laughs> so you get this time that during this episode, you just get referred to as my dad the whole time. Doesn't or matter, Mark Hackworth. Maybe Daddy-O. Daddy. <laughs> I'll edit it in afterwards, <laughs> like Mac Daddy. You get all sorts of nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> we just listened to two songs, Chinese Restaurant and Dead Dogs Lie. Dead Dogs Lie, I really like that song. Who's um, who, who's doing like, who's doing all that jive turkey talking back there? Like, who is that doing all that? Well, I, I'm going to have a hard time actually recollecting, but, but I think it was actually some stranger at a... I'm going to say a laundromat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the producers of the uh, album decided to have him do a little bit of segment. And they actually brought him down to the studio. Yeah. And I had him do a, a little segment for that song. It works Basically, perfect. Basically, that, that's how that happened. It works perfect. <laughs> the other reason I wanted to talk about Dead Dogs Lies is because it's a memory I have. You know, you get these certain memories and... I have a certain memory about that song because growing up, you know, I was into hip hop, um, hip hop music and, and it, uh, hip hop music talks a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit talking in hip hop music. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you used to, um, you know, give me crap about that and not really give me crap, but I think, you know, looking back on it, you were really trying to get me to sort of push the boundaries and try to write better, you know, better lyrics than just uh the same old shit talking hip-hop lyrics but well it was i wanted you to look for the metaphor right but then we got into a talk and i was like well that you know that song saying the same thing that's a shit talking song that's saying the same thing as hip-hop it's just not using the same word it just because it doesn't say fuck you in it it's the same thing though well maybe i mean uh, uh you know i like all kinds of music but i've always thought that hip-hop and country music have a lot in common uh, because country music's kind of the same way where it, it just says it's not there's no metaphor well i'm gonna <laughs> stop you there because that's like whoa you're comparing my favorite genre to my least favorite genre but i get what you're saying and a lot of them are stories because they're stories so Correct. they're just telling how things go right there is no matter you know while there are uh, similes and and what rappers call their metaphors they're telling stories so they tell just real stories that right. that has no metaphor it's right. just telling it how it is right right and that song is doing the same thing but it's trying to do a metaphor. A little bit. There's yeah. a little bit of a metaphor in there, too. Right. The <laughs> dead dog might be the metaphor. So what do you got planned for the rest of the weekend? It's Saturday. You came in, and, and we, we recorded this little conversation. You enjoying yourself on Father's Day? Besides the Cavs game, you're obviously watching Game 7. Well, I'm hoping to watch that uh, tomorrow, and, and in, a, 
in a perfect world, I, I would like to be able to go up to the Casa tonight and and uh, listen to uh, Doc, Doc City. City and uh, Hell No. Yeah, Doc City and Hell No. Uh, that would be nice to go see. It's going to be a damn good duo, definitely. We're joining Doc City for a couple songs. Uh, but Doc City Live, with their new live band, I mean, they're... They've hit another level. They're really good. And that's pretty cool. They are really good. And of course, hell no. They just kill it. For two guys, I just don't understand how they make such a huge sound. They're really good at making yeah. a big sound yeah. uh, for a two-man band. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Any golf? Any any Sunday golf? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm, not, I'm not real big on playing golf on the weekends when it's really crowded. Gotcha. <laughs> Makes sense. So, you know... I'll probably mess around the house and maybe build some stuff. Build some stuff. Are you finally done building houses or are you just trying to finish this last one? Well, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with building houses, but you know, my, my house has been a lifelong project, which is kind of what I wanted. Now so. you're going to help me start my lifelong project. Yes. I got a lot of projects. I'm about done, so you're about ready for a project. So Good. I suppose that'll happen. Yeah, right when you're done with that house, it's ready for mine now. Let's, <laughs> let's get going. <laughs> well, I'm really glad I could have you on the show. Um, it, it's been a great time. And, you know, for Father's Day, I, I couldn't take you out to eat. We didn't go out to the bar together, but I'm glad I could have you on as my guest and, and we can hang out and have well, a little talk it's been a treat uh i i really enjoy uh this show i'm very pleased at what you're doing and all that good stuff but i have to say you know one one more plug i gotta give athens a plug because it's really a great place to live with a lot of cool people and a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool things so uh and tonight at casa will be another cool thing going on absolutely so let me ask you this too. We're gonna stop uh, before before we end the show. I want to rewind again. So just thinking back now, right? At the at, at what Athens is now, what Athens was when you came to it. I mean, did you did you before you actually like came to to to, to school here? Did you think that you'd end up making roots in a place like Athens? Uh, well, I didn't think. I didn't think when I came here that I would be staying here. And then I didn't think I would be a, a lucky enough to get to stay here. It changed. And so that opportunity came, and uh, that was that was great. Um, life gets a hold of you, and you have to make decisions. <laughs> and this was a great place to stay and raise a family and has proven to be a really good uh, decision to and lucky to have 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 been able to stay here uh, because now you know uh, all my children are grown up and such um, you know Athens is as good or better of a place to be um, so um, I don't know it's a lot of fun to be here there's a like <laughs> Athens is Athens has gotten so much more rich in its variety of things that's happening in the music and art areas uh -huh. i really uh, do think it has its own soul it does and and you know that one of the things that you could look at is now you know i see not only you doing things but your friends and your peers doing things and these are all the kids that 
that grew up with you, mm -hmm. essentially, that I knew when they were little kids, and now they're being adults out there making music and making art and having a good time and, and making another layer of richness for Athens, and that's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that statement that you didn't think that you would stay here, and then it came to a point where you didn't think you'd be able to stay here. Right. You'd have the opportunity. <laughs> I like that. All right, so... You know, do you want to? Yeah, I'll do it. Would you like to perform a little a little song? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. All right, let's try <laughs> it, definitely. Yeah. So what's the name of this song that you're going to try to play here? Walk on Maria. I mean, this is a song that goes back to college days, and actually Greg, I think Greg and Steve might have co-wrote it together. And uh, we would always play it from time to time, just hanging out, singing songs, and having a good time. Uh, it only has one verse, and it's always been a challenge to do another verse. And, and I would certainly like to challenge you or anybody else to write another good verse for this song. Okay. Because it probably needs one more verse. <laughs> well, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. All right. When I come home from work, she would be there. Opened up the door, she'd be vacuuming the stairs. Loved her everywhere. Our love was in First love, Maria, on the stairs So walk on, Maria, walk on I've been so sad and dirty since you've been gone Another dirty carpet for you to walk on. Walk on, Maria. Walk on. Perfect. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Happy Father's Day. It's uh, been View From The Hill, www.viewfromthehill.com. Thanks for listening. Come back and listen to replays of other episodes, past episodes, and keep coming back for new episodes. Take it easy. Tobacco at an upscale ball The day they built the big house Should scare us all How often does a beagle know the time of day My skull is like a brother But he moved away The day they built the poor house Don't scare us away
strange fault of this world is that it has a name The purpose of the eye is to hand out blame Benny hopped the freight train and he took a long ride The sun is like a stripper with no blade to hide The secret of the eye is that it has two sides
September, but it's not that clear no more. 